Hey, it's Sean from the Commander's Brew. Thank you for listening. This is going to be an episode. It's going to be Mardu. It's going to begin with Zerda as the companion. I think a companion deck is very cool because, you know, restrictions breeds creativity. That is always true. And I think there's some pretty cool finds coming up. I do need to take care of a little bit of business, though. And that's to thank you for listening and let you know how to support the show if you like. If you just want to get to the good stuff, you should probably fast forward about 30 seconds, a minute or so. I don't know. But if you're still listening, thank you for listening. I do appreciate that. If you'd like to help, a like and subscribe on YouTube works great. Going through our TCG player link if you want to buy cards is excellent, even if it's not from this episode's cards. Telling a friend's probably the best thing to do. The most direct way to support would be through patreon.com slash commandersbrew. You can get in our Discord that way too. Help out with some cool group brews. And last but not least, two ads. A comedy fake one and a real one. The real one's from the Wizard's Tower. I got a coupon code for you Canadian viewers in there. Do you ever cook? then you know that having the perfect tool for the job is essential. Well, you'll need the Dark Steel Kitchen Tool. It doesn't slice, it doesn't dice, it only does one thing, but if you know what that job is, you'll love it. Trust us. Sheoldred knows what I'm talking about. Am I right, Sheoldred? It's worth it. I think Gordon Ramsay has one of these. You should get one. And now the real ad from the Wizard's Tower. WizardTower.com They've got all your article and cool deck tech needs over at wizardtower.com. And if you visit their store as a Canadian viewer, you can get a discount code, BREWUNITED, to get 5% off all your magic singles if you spend $20 or more. That's a very versatile coupon. And now back to the show. Okay, so this is going to be a Genzerda Mardu enchantment deck. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be. That's obviously where we're going to start. But before I get ahead of myself, I want to let you in that this is going to be a process. I'm hoping you can get something out of this if you're new, an idea of how to put a deck together based on an idea. And if you've got some experience, I think there's a couple of cool finds in here that you might appreciate in a deck or two that you won't. Heck, in a perfect world, this idea is cool enough that you'll want to brew this. We don't do typical brews around here, if we can avoid it. So let's start with Zerta, who's our companion, because we've got some deck building restrictions here. We got a 3-3 for 3, Boros Colors, and as a companion, each permanent card in your starting deck has an activated ability. So that means the lands, the creatures, the enchantments, the artifacts, and the planeswalkers have to have activated abilities. Lands always do because they tap for mana of some kind. I'm sure there's probably a land out there that doesn't have an activated ability because it doesn't tap for anything. I don't know. I'm not going to go that deep because I'm not going to run it. I'll just tell you right now. Planeswalkers will always have an activated ability because that's what they do. If you're thinking about like mana rocks or equipment or artifacts that are vehicles, they'll all have activated abilities because equipping is an activated ability and crewing is an activated ability. And so that really leaves us with creatures and enchantments that we got to think about. Instants and sorceries are going to be fair game with Zerda. They have to have something with a colon in it. That's how you can tell it's an activated ability. But searching on Scryfall for a colon will trick you because you'll get auras that say the equipped creature gets tap colon do a damage somewhere. Now that colon is sort of what the aura will grant to the creature, but that enchantment that is the aura doesn't have an activated ability. Can't use them. It's weird, but there if you go back far enough, you get auras that do have the activated ability. It seems that at some point they shifted to put the activated ability onto the creature instead of on the aura that the creature wears. I guess by flavor that makes more sense, like that the creature's doing it. It's weird to think that the card fire breathing is the thing that's breathing fire, but not the creature. But there's a lot of examples like that. Fire breathing, the activated ability is on the card. That's allowed. But a lot of cards say, this creature gets pay red plus one plus oh. 
So anyway, just be careful when you're searching for that stuff. And Gen himself, a 2-3 for 3 Mardu Colors human wizard, you can pay red, white, black, and sacrifice an enchantment. You also have to tap Gen. You return an enchantment from your graveyard to the battlefield. Swap enchantments. So right off the top, here's what I'm thinking. We're going to need enchantments that we are happy to sacrifice. We're going to want enchantments in the graveyard. So we're probably going to look at mill or enchantments that sacrifice themselves. I'm going to take a peek at gigantic enchantment creatures, ones that we can cheat out. And I guess by... The opposite idea, we can look for tiny enchantment creatures that we don't mind sacrificing as well. And the key is they all have to have activated abilities. I'm hoping to find things with activated abilities that cost like two and a red. So Zerta makes that down to just red. Did I even read what Zerta does? I don't think I did. So what Zerta does is that activated abilities that are not mana abilities cost two less, two colorless less. So that means a two and a white actually just call, costs white. That's going to be fantastic. I am going to start with a couple of neat moves, things that I couldn't really categorize other well, otherwise. I will come back and talk about the categories I mentioned and then a couple of different angles to go to, but I really want to highlight Brash Taunter. I started my search kind of dessert first, looking for two and a red, two and a white, two and a black activated abilities, or ones that just cost three colorless and nothing else. And Brash Taunter comes up. This is the five mana one one indestructible goblin and whenever this is dealt damage you get to push that damage anywhere else you want a lot of people will put like blasphemous act in and just ways to just do tons of damage to all the creatures brash taunter lives and you get to fling that 13 somewhere else but the activated ability is two in a red tap this fights another target creature you're probably not going to kill anything I mean, you might, but you're going to fight like all the 10-10s, all the giant things on the board, and you're going to fling that damage somewhere else. It's like saying two in a tap, deal damage anywhere that is the same as the highest power creature on the battlefield. Now, this is a tap ability, so we only get to do this once. So I think if you wanted, there's a brew out there that involves things like Thousand Year Elixir, the artifact that untaps things, and there's several auras that... And the aura has the ability untap this creature. There's some equipment that you can get that you can put on creatures to untap them. So you could totally go a brash taunter route with Zerta and just like with very little mana do a ton of damage around. You could still do the untap thing with brash taunter, but if it costs the full amount, it gets pretty prohibitive. Another one I want to highlight is General's Regalia in specifically with brash taunter. It's a it's an artifact that costs three. It's way back from Mercadian Masks and it's 50 cents. Two gumballs. It's an artifact and the activated ability costs three. So a Zerta, that's just one. The next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, that damage is dealt to target creature you control instead. So whenever damage is dealt to you, every instance is like if you get hit with a fireball, that's one instance. But if you get hit with a bunch of creatures in combat, each creature is one instance. So we would have to pay a lot to neutralize all the damage of creatures. And typically, when you have a card like this out, you're going to sacrifice one of your creatures and it's all going to die. But if we send it all to Brash Taunter, then we get to fling that anywhere we want. Obviously, your opponents won't attack you if that's happening. But that's where enchantments like Suicidal Charge comes into play. It's a five mana enchantment, three red, black, and it has an activated ability of sacrificing it. There's that colon. So when we sacrifice it, Creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one until end of turn, and they attack this turn if able. So we can make our opponent's team attacks. If they come at us, we've got that regalia ready to just fling the damage right back at them. And if they don't want to come at us, that's also a win. 
And the beauty of suicidal charges, it sacrifices itself so it's now in the graveyard, so Gen can get it back with just three mana and a tap. There's a world where you've got all those untappers and you can use Gen a couple of times. That way you could use this once on every rotation around the table if you had the mana and enough to untap. And if you didn't have that General's Regalia, you can always run Pariah's Shield, which is a five mana equipment, and it equips for three, which is actually equipped for one with Zerta, and all damage that will be dealt to you is dealt to equipped creature instead. This is a one-shot deal. It, you don't have to pay per activation. I also want to highlight the classes. All the classes let you level them up, and that's an activated ability, so they're all legal with Zerta. And fighter class specifically, it's a red-white one that enters, you search for an equipment, put it in your hand, and then for one red-white, all your equip abilities cost two less. So now equip abilities potentially cost four less with Zerta on top of that. I, I'm not building around that, but you could. And then if you want to level it up again, this costs five, but actually it would cost three with Zerta. These are discounted too. Whenever a creature you control attacks, up to one target creature blocks at this combat if able. I probably wouldn't do that, but I'm just here for the first two. You get this down, you tutor up maybe a Battle Mage's Bracers. This is a three mana equipment that was printed in Commander 2021, C21. It equips for two, equipped creature has haste, and whenever an ability of an equipped creature is activated, if it's not a mana ability, you may pay one, and if you do, copy it, choose new targets. So we can drop a fighter class, grab this, put it on Gen, and now we can double Gen every time for four mana. We can sack two enchantments and get two other enchantments back. That seems pretty powerful. If you're going to run an equipment tutor like Fighter Class, I'd recommend putting at least two or three equipments in the deck because if you draw the bracers, then you're kind of drawn dead with Fighter Class. So how about Sunforger? Classic Boros Commander. Equipment, it's just got three to cast, three to equip, but just one to equip with Zerta, and then you can pay red-white to unattach it and search for an instant with four or less mana value, cast it without paying for it. Very powerful package in a commander deck that has Boros. So those are some neat ones. I want to talk about some enchantments that I'm happy to sacrifice. The whole Omen cycle is nice because they, they're cheap and they do something right away. And the activated ability is that you can sacrifice them to scry. So if we sacrifice it to Gen, we lose out on that scry, but we've already gotten the value. So like Omen of the Dead, it, flat, it has flash and for a black, you can return a creature from your graveyard to your hand. Also good if we need to get Gen or Zerta back. Omen of the Sun, pretty similar. Two and a white makes two one one human soldier creature tokens and you gain a couple of life. Same deal. It, only, it costs three to come down. And it gets really tricky after that. Bitter Reunion's okay. It's a two mana enchantment and when it enters, you you may discard a card, and if you do, draw two cards. It's like Thrill of Possibilities, like the sorcery version on an enchantment. Uh, and this is allowed because it has an activated ability of one, sacrifice it. Creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. This is coming out in the Brothers War. I think it's going to be cool. I, I actually didn't realize this was a Brothers War card now until I'm reading it just now. Uh, it came up on my Scryfall search. And I guess that's Urza and Mishra just being mean to each other. Anyway, you know what? I... I realize that there are so many cards coming out that there's the very good chance this is a card that exists that I was unaware of. I just assumed that's what was happening. But no, this is a brand new card. Cool. I like it. Giving everyone haste is legit in this deck too, because spoiler alert, we're going tokens once I get a little bit deeper. So beyond that, we got to look for enchantments that are just cheap, maybe. Like, this is the weird thing. They have to have an activated ability. So the, the Genju cycle catches my eye. They all cost a single mana either a single black, white, or a single red. And they all have to enchant the basic land type. I mean, it doesn't have to be basic, but like the black one has to go on a swamp. The other one has to go on a plains. One has to go on a mountain. And they all have an activated ability that lets you turn them into a creature. 
you pay a couple of mana the black one becomes a 2-2 spirit with like that shade ability you can pay swamps to give it plus one plus one till end of turn the white one is a 2-5 with lifelink i mean it doesn't have literal lifelink it says whenever this creature deals damage its controller gains that much life so you can double it up with lifelink genju of the spires becomes a 6-1 when the land dies you can return the enchantment to your hand so I'm not recommending you throw your lands away. I mean, you might be able to make a good trade if you want. If the board's empty after a board wipe, we will get to swing in probably unless people have rebuilt already. That seems pretty decent, but they're mainly just in here because you can sack them for super cheap and they will keep coming back to your hand if you need to do something with the land. And like if you have to use it as a creature to trade, it's OK. You'll get the enchantment back. You can do it again with Gen. And then just in general, super cheap creatures that are enchantments like Dockside Chef. It's a single black human enchantment creature from neon dynasty he's got an activated ability one in a black sack an artifact or a creature to draw a card with zerda out that's just black sack a creature or artifact draw a card and as i said we're kind of going token so this guy will put in a lot of work some other enchantments that do sacrifice themselves here's a good category because sacrificing yourself will always have an activated ability that's how that works so seal of doom sack it destroy a non-black creature costs two and a black to get it on the board seal of cleansing costs one and a white to get down and you can sack it to destroy an artifact of enchantment i'll say it of life's bounty is a one mana enchantment creature it's a one one with lifelink and you can pay one to sack this target creature or enchantment you control gains protection from the color of your choice till end of turn this is a good piece of protection for gen or zerda and then in the token theme vessel of ephemera is a one and a white enchantment you pay two and a white or just white if zerda's around to sack it to put two 1-1 one, one white spirit creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield. And then Vessel of Volatility, one in a red to cast, one in a red to sacrifice it, add red, 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 red to your mana pool. Worst case, you drop this for two, activate it right away, you've done nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's not a great case. But if you're be if you're able to sacrifice this for just a single red, that is ramp if you if you care. Or maybe we sack it again if we have to. These are all self-sacrificing enchantments that I am willing to get back with Gen if the time is right, if there's a reason to do so. I mentioned Suicidal Charge earlier that makes everyone attack and gives your opponents minus one, minus one. So let's talk Mill too. That's the other way you're going to get enchantments in the graveyard. I like Lorehold Excavation because it is an enchantment and at the beginning of your end step you mill a card. If it's a land you gain a life and if it's not a land you do a damage to each opponent uh, and its activated ability is paying five to exile a creature from your graveyard to create a three two red and white spirit creature token it's tapped it comes in tapped another enchantment that mills us with an activated ability is heretics punishment four in a red and it has an activated ability of three in a red now i probably only want to do this with zerda at one in a red so let's imagine zerda's out and it costs one in a red choose target creature or player i'm going to choose myself then put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Mill three. Heretic's Punishment deals damage to whatever permanent or player that you chose equal to the highest mana value milled. I don't think we're going to put in big mana spells in here, but if we can only do it for two mana, that's just great for milling ourselves. We can pick off some little utility things with fairly regular predictability. And in a pinch, if we're like if we've i said we're going wide so sometimes you do like a massive swing and your opponent's like takes a bunch of damage kills a bunch of your creatures trades with some eats some and now they're down to like eight i'm like i, I think i can risk it i'm just gonna try to mill myself in groups of three for two mana and hope i hit eight mana value 
at least seems neat. And since all instants and sorceries are allowed, uh, you can run a sorcery like atrocious experiment, two and a black, target player, me, mills two cards, draws two cards, loses two life. That's card draw with some mill. I don't mind that. And then we got to go artifacts. There's Milliken. It's a two mana creature. Tap, mill a card, add a colorless mana. Little mana rock creature that also helps us mill once per turn. Or we can run something like Codex Shredder. It's a single mana artifact where we just tap to have target player mill a card. So like Lorehold Excavation, this is just one card per turn we're milling. I don't mind that. And if that's where we're at, Perpetual Timepiece is a mill two cards per turn because it's a two mana artifact, tap, mill two. Codex Shredder, we have the option to pay five, tap, and sack it to return a card from your graveyard to your hand. Might be worth getting Gen back, might be worth getting Zerta back. Uh, we can already get enchantments back with Gen, so I don't know what else you're trying to get back with this. Perpetual Timepiece has an ability to, and exile this, shuffle any number of cards from your graveyard to your library. I've done that before in response to someone trying to empty my graveyard when I kind of cared. I mean, I'm, I'm only milling myself because I care about my graveyard. So the fact that this can protect your graveyard by shuffling it back in your deck isn't the worst. And I think the best artifact for milling is Altar of Dementia. It's the two minute artifact and you can sack a creature and then target player mills cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power. We're going to pick ourselves. and we're going to sack some tokens to do it if we need to. If they're going to die already, if they've been chumped and the combat won't be that effective for us. But we're going wide enough and there's some anthems going around too that it is possible that we can eliminate a player like this. Maybe they've milled themselves a bunch already. I don't recommend milling other people partway though. I gotta talk protection. Flicker form is an enchantment for one and a white. And then the flicker form aura has the activated ability two white white pretty expensive but with zerta that's just white white so if we're enchanting zerta with this it'll always be white white in exile enchanted creature and all the auras attached to it and at the beginning of the next end step return them and the auras come back attached to that creature so once we get this on zerta we can protect zerta for white white anytime we want zerta this will save zerta from board wipes because zerta will come back after the board wipe but the drawback is that we won't get to use Zerta's ability while they're in the exile zone. Gotta spend that stuff while we can. Blessing of Leeches is another one of those auras that actually has the regenerate activated ability on the card so that it'll, we can also, it also has flash. Uh, at the beginning of our upkeep, we do lose one life, but I don't think that's going to come into play a lot. And we can pay zero to regenerate enchanted creature. Excellent. Free regeneration. Or Dark Privilege is a two mana aura, gives the creature plus one, plus one does not have flash and the price to regenerate with this one is to sacrifice a creature to regenerate an enchanted creature but again with tokens that should be fine and here's one of those anthems i mentioned etchings of the chosen one white black enchantment as it enters choose a creature type creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one plus one and one sacrifice a creature of the chosen type target creature you control probably ganner zerta gets indestructible till end of turn so let's talk about these tokens we're going to make. Etchings of the Chosen wants you to choose a specific creature type. There's a ton of enchantments that make soldiers in white. Mobilization, two and a white for an enchantment. All your soldiers have vigilance and two and a white create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. But with Zerta, that's just white. How much white mana you got? That's how many tokens you're making every turn. If you have Dawn of Hope, it comes down for one and a white, and this costs four mana total to make a soldier. So you end up paying two with Zerta. But these ones have lifelink, and you do get to pay two life to draw a card every time you gain some life. So that's something. Mystery of the Unseen 
is a two mana enchantment in white and you get to manifest a card for four mana. So with Zerta, you're making two two face down cards from the top of your deck for two mana her. You can flip them up if they're creatures, but this deck is not the heaviest in creatures. It's pretty cool. And then Prava of the Steel Legion, not an enchantment, is a two and a white legendary cat soldier from, from what? From Commander Legends. Three and a white, create a one one white soldier creature token. Again, not the best deal, but as long as it's your turn, creature tokens get plus one plus four. That's pretty good. And if we want to look at goblins, goblin warrens, two and a red enchantment, and the activated ability is two and a red, or just red, sack two goblins, create three goblins. You gotta have goblins to start it, but you keep going up. One red mana, net one goblin. Goblin trenches, one red white enchantment. The activated ability is two, which can be brought down to one with Zerta. Sack a land, make two one one red and white goblin soldier creature tokens. They're goblins and they're soldiers. Either way you go, this card's perfect. You gotta sack your lands though. But I think that's a decent move. If you've got your stuff set up, a little bit of an anthem going on, your board's nice and wide, and you, you just got your gut feelings like, I think it's safe. I don't think people have like a Teferi's protection or a fog or anything. You could sack a bunch of your lands, give them haste, maybe through that Brothers War enchantment I already mentioned, and just win. Siege Gang Commander is that five mana goblin that makes three others, but you get to sack a goblin for one and a red to do two damage anywhere. But with Zerta, we're just sacking goblins for a single red. And then Pashalik Mons is a legendary goblin for two and a red. Whenever this or another goblin you control dies, this deals one damage to any target. So that turns our Siege Gang Commander into doing three damage anywhere. We can pay two mana to sack a goblin to create two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. It's like Goblin Warrens, but instead of going from two to three, we go from one to two. But it costs us two with Zerta. And then we're doing a damage anyway. This card's incredible if you're going goblins. So it's just very good in what I've talked about so far. And I think we could, like if we really wanted to, just cut the soldier angle and go more goblins. Maybe you sneak in a hobgoblin bandit lord who's a three mana two three anthem for goblins. Goblins get plus one plus one. And this one has an activated ability, red, tap. Hobgoblin Bandit Lord deals damage equal to the number of goblins that entered the battlefield under your control this turn to any target. I mentioned those on tappers before. We can just repeat this a couple of times and do major damage. Mad Auntie, two and a black, two, two. Other goblins get plus one, plus one. And the activated ability here is to regenerate a goblin. Crinkle Mob Boss, number one goblin of all time for making goblins. You d basically create as many goblins as you already have. So you double your army. Again, you untap this a couple times. You do the Hobgoblin Captain. You can probably kill someone that way. You don't need haste. Staff of Domination is another untapper. Hammer of Perforos is an enchantment for one red red that gives all your creatures haste. The activated ability here is you can sack a land to make a 3-3 golem, but probably don't care. We just like the haste. And then if you've got money, Etchings of the Chosen is, what is that, 40 bucks now? But like, this is one the one with five mana activated ability to untap all your creatures and get another combat phase. But if Zerta's out, this only costs three. So you've got this massive wide goblin army. You pay three. You get a second combat step. Do you got three more mana? Sure, take a third combat step. Do you have three more mana? Take another combat step. Great. And I want to highlight last ditch effort. I've never heard of this card before, but it's excellent. So a single red instant, sacrifice X creatures, last ditch effort deals X damage to target creature or player. That's massive. In the face of a board wipe, you can just maybe eliminate a player for trying it. Uh, you can just win the game if you're close enough to that. Or heck, if, if you have to, you can deal with a problematic creature or an 
Planeswalker by just sacking however many creatures you need to do so. Obviously, Perforos, either way you go, the, the $50 one, four mana indestructible 6-5. Every time a creature enters, two damage to each opponent, but also two in a red creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn. It not only does a ton of damage everywhere, it gives your team like a pump, but for Zerta, that's just red. Four red plus four plus oh. It's incredible. Ethereal Absolution is another anthem. It's a six mana enchantment. All your creatures get plus one plus one. All their creatures get minus one minus one. And you can pay four mana to exile a card from an opponent's graveyard. And if it was a creature, you make a one one white and black spirit creature token with flying. Quest for Pure Flame might be worth running. It's a single red enchantment and the activated ability is sacrifice this and remove four quest counters from it. You get a quest counter every time you deal damage to an opponent. If any source you control would deal damage to a creature or player, it deals double instead. You drop it from one, you start accruing counters, it gets to four and your opponents have to consider like you can do double damage at any point, so this could get scary. Or you sack it again, not a huge cost if that doesn't look like it's going to happen. But if you're about to swing out with tons of an army, this thing, it's scary. Prosperous Partnership is cool. It's one red white for an enchantment. When it enters, you make two Green and white citizen 1-1s, one a little bit of green in your board, but that's allowed. And you get to tap three untapped creatures you control to make a treasure token. With a wide enough board, we're making multiple treasures every turn. Paladin class, another class that I've already determined is fair for Zerta because leveling up is an activated ability. If you've got Zerta out, the base is a single white. Going to level two is two and a white, therefore white. Going to level three is four and a white, therefore two and a white. All told, that's three white mana and two colorless to go from nothing to fully leveled up. Here's what you get. Spells your opponent's cast during your turn cost one more. Nice, protection. Level two is key. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. That's the anthem we're looking for. And then the top level is whenever you attack until end of turn, target attacking creature gets plus one, plus one for each other attacking creature and gains double strike. That's big. That's big. We will give our creatures lots. Speaking of making little tokens enormous, Jazal Goldmane, not an enchantment, but has an activated ability. This is a 4 mana 4 4 cat warrior with first strike. You can pay 3 white white, attacking creatures, all of them, you control, get plus X plus X until in a turn where X is the number of attacking creatures. Now, think about that when it costs 3, and you can do that a couple of times in one combat step. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you only have four tokens, that doesn't do. I mean, that's still plus four, plus four times two. That's plus eight, plus eight for four tokens. Maybe you're not killing someone with that, but that's impressive. Steadfast Unicorn, similar. You drop it for a white, it's a one, two, and then you can have the ability of three and a white or one and a white with Zerta. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one and gain vigilance until end of turn. Activate only during your turn. No problem. I'm saving the best for last here. Cavalier of Flame. Two red, 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 elemental knight, six, five. You've got an ability for one and a red to pump your whole team by plus one, plus oh, and plus one, plus oh, and give everyone haste until end of turn. That's key when we're pumping out tons of tokens. Maybe that's when we use goblin trenches to just nuke half of our lands to make double, like, Every land becomes two 1-1 one goblin soldiers. Now they're all getting plus one plus O oh for a single red. And haste, that's the key too. Not to mention, when this enters, you can discard any number of cards and draw that many cards. That's another way to get cards in the graveyard. Excellent. Oh, and then check this out. When it dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control. I just forgot about the planeswalker part. Each opponent where X is the number of land cards in your graveyard... That leads me to one of my fave 
red enchantments, tectonic reformation. One on a red for an enchantment. Each land card in your hand has cycling for a single red. It also has cycling for two itself. Zerta brings that down to one. I'm not going to go into the whole cycling build with Zerta because that's one way you can go definitely. But this is a great way to get lands out of our hand once we're kind of moving and grooving and we don't need those lands anymore. You know, after we've got something like one of those cards like Greed where we're paying a single black just to draw cards and pay life to do it. But we get to dump a bunch of lands into the graveyard this way, replace them. And then Cavalier of Flames does some serious damage when it dies. And it should be mentioned, I think it's worth mentioning, I, I said I wasn't going to go for a cycling sub-theme with Zerta, but it gives all of your lands cycling, so I think it's worth just putting one card in, Archfiend of Ifnir. This is that 5-4 Demon for 5. It itself has cycling 2, so if you get this first, you cycle it away, but if you get Tectonic Reformation first, you, you cast this thing normally, and now... Whenever you cycle or discard another card, you put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature your opponents control. It's great. Okay, coming to the last part of the episode. These are the cards that I just didn't know where they should go otherwise. Some cool, neat moves. Most of them involve casting things for cheap. I should rephrase that. Using activated abilities for cheap. That's what I meant. Theater of Horrors. One red black enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Exile a card from your library. And they all, they all go under this thing. And as long as your opponents, as long as an opponent has lost life during your turn, you get to play those cards. You can cast spells, you can play lands, and it can deal one damage to opponents. Target opponent or planeswalker for three and a red. Zerda brings that down to one and a red. You're not going to kill anybody by spending that one and a red a million times over. But this is a nice way to accrue a bunch of card advantage. Cards go under, and at any point you need them, you can just fire it off on your turn and grab them. Ooh, how about Soulbright Flamekin? This is a 2 mana 2 1 in red and it has this activated ability for 2. Now keep in mind with Zerta we're hoping to pay 1 for it. Target creature gains trample until end of turn. This is going to be excellent when we have that paladin class with that like plus 20 plus 20 first strike thing. If this is the third time this ability has resolved this turn you may add 8 red to your mana pool. So if you're paying for it the hard way you pay six and then you get eight. So you've profited by two. If we've got Zerta, we're profiting five mana. And it says this turn, not this turn, like like on your turn only. You can do this on an opponent's turn if you've got three mana that you want to convert to eight for a huge instant. This card's cool. Scholar of Athreos, not fancy, but great. Two and a white, human cleric, one four, two and a black. Each opponent loses one life. You gain all that life that they lost. The best kind of drain. And then, you know, do I need to spell it out? Zerta makes this cost a single black mana for your opponents to go down by one and you go up by three if there's the average four player game going. Evra Halcyon Witness. This is an interesting one. This is a six mana legendary avatar from Dominaria, original Dominaria. You get a four four lifelink, but the activated ability here is to exchange your life total with Evra's life total, with Evra's power, sorry. So She's a 4-4 now, but then if your opponents don't block her, you can be like, okay, I will trade life totals. Now she's a 22-4 and she's got lifelink, so she will hit. I will go up by 22 life. However, that costs four. But if you've got Zerta down, you can swap. You can put your power on Evra. Your life total goes to four, so that's a little bit risky. And then after, wait, so I guess once damage is done, you can't, like the life will be gained. You can't, like it doesn't go on the stack, but if it's not blocked or something like that, you can just kind of do this. Yeah, I guess you can't scoop it back while that's a thing. I mean, you still got that 26-4 while you have 
26 plus 4. Well, you have 30 life. That's that's a decent deal. Ooh, save the second best for the second last, Glory. I must have heard of this card at some point, but I totally forgot it existed. It's a 5 mana flying 3-3 in white. 3 white white. But here's the key. 2 in a white. Creatures you control gain protection from the color of your choice until end of this turn. Play this ability only if Glory is in your graveyard. Cool. We don't even have to cast this thing. We just get glory. You know, I, I certainly must have heard of this because this has this has to be like anger, the equivalent of anger. But this one kind of sucks unless you got Zerta. And then you're paying a single white to give your whole team protection from whatever you need, a.k.a. make your whole team unblockable for like three mana. And last, certainly not least, Zancha, Sleeper Agent. You pay one red black. You drop this 5-5 five, five minion, and as it enters, you choose an opponent who gains control of it. Now Xantra has to attack each combat, if able, and is not allowed to attack you or your planeswalkers. And you can pay 3 to make Xantra's controller lose 2 life and you draw a card. Any player may activate this ability, so the cool thing about Zerta is you get a discount on the abilities you activate. You don't have to own it, you don't have to control it. If other people can use it, they pay full price, but you pay the... so you're paying 1 to draw two and sorry to draw one and make someone lose two that's fantastic drop Xantra for three how much mana you got left over sure take eight I'll draw four more cards no problem cool deck I think it's interesting I I truly do love brewing with a restriction I think it makes it so much more interesting and it's a very commander's brew I'm not a fan of the old let's do the most obvious brew we got uh new cards coming out soon the uh, brothers war is about to drop i mentioned a card in this episode that i didn't realize was brothers war so i'll be bringing you some new commanders from that very shortly and you know those might be a little bit more of a top level take because they are brand new there is no typical thing to do with them yet but in the meantime you keep being you the world is a better place for it see you next time